Silent Night, Deadly Night is, I hate to say it's my life, it's not, but it's, it's, it is! A Killer Santa Claus is my life. Guys, can I take my shirt off too? Is it cool? High five, bro, high five. I'm uncomfortable and kind of aroused. I wasn't Amish, asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know it. That was my old person voice. Ugh. And the internet was looking for that one podcaster who's gonna die on the pieces mountain while you found him. Okay, fuck off. Leather may be the hallmark gift for the three-year anniversary uh, in the real world, but for movie freaks, it felt a bit on the nose. So I will just say, happy three-year anniversary, sir. Ah, <laughs> we forgot about it last week because we were too busy talking about movies and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But, yep, and it, we're, we are uh, three years, do I say strong? Ugh. Mediocre plus one. We're kind of now. We're starting to turn into the old road dogs, where we're just we've been on tour for three years, yep. just <laughs> ripping around the country, the world, seeing all sorts of sights like my office every week, <laughs> and mine. Mm-hmm. Kids' nose. Oh, we've we've been through it all. Kids' nosebleeds, puking milk, um, lightning striking. Yes, lightning strike. Yep, and it's. Storming again the night yep. made me it made me think of that belligerently drunk and then uncomfortably sober. It's it's we've run the gamut. <laughs> uh-huh. That's A B C and D. I think that covers every base. Yep. Thanks for listening. Till next time and uh, see you next year. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Ruby freaks. <laughs> oh, as everybody breathes a sigh of relief. Oh, a mercifully short two minute show today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Now the screaming begins. Oh, okay. yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm I'm back on the regular stuff after a small stint with Canada House. I'm back to Canadian Hunter. I'm uh, hitting the rich and rare tonight. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I, it's the, that bottle beckoned me when I was looking at it. I was walking through the store. And I'm like, there's the Canadian Hunter, and there's the this and that and the other thing. And then there's Rich and Rare, and that name always grabs me. Like that's just a that's a damn good name. Let's go with yeah. that. So I always have to do a double take because the one place where I buy booze, it's it's I don't stop there often because it's out of the way. But occasionally I happen to be by there, and I'm like, oh, I'll swing in there, and I go into it's like in a giant eagle or something. So you know you got to go in and find the booze section. Yeah, and I always do a double take with the guy behind the counter because he also <laughs> every time I walk in, I, he looks at me and I look at him, and there's a little bit of knowing because he also that he has two jobs, and one of them is that the other one's at my uh, local comic book store. Uh huh. <laughs> so he sees me in there every week. He so we do this little you and I always feel like should I tell him. You sell me my two favorite things. Booze uh, <laughs> and comic books. Perfect. Maybe have them on the I show don't. sometime. Just a guest spot. That would be funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the roulette where we dive into the ocean of cinema to find those gems in the rough for you. Did we find them this week? Don't know. We haven't talked. Haven't texted about it. Nope. Total mystery going in. It is. But it is Officer Down up with an E. Not to be confused with the the one without an E, because there is one without an E. One second. Up against Uncaged. Hmm. Boy, did we have some fun at that. That title's expense yes, last we, week. Oh, Lord. That, <laughs> it was teetering on, going off the rails, but we, we held it together, kind of. That was great. Yeah. 
And you are up first this week, oh, sir. Oh, joy. So, please. Joy. Okay. Um, Uncaged. Well, okay, so you remember last week we had the windmill, which was kind of one of these, huh? And then all of a sudden it turns out to be good. Uh, Uncaged was zero. Zero stars. It's hmm. not one. One. There's not one single, one single thing about this movie that's good. And I'm sorry, but nope. You got the slick HD camera. Nope. That does not count for anything. I can shoot something on my iPhone and it would be better than this. I could shoot my wall and it would be more interesting. I, I loathed, I lo, this is officially the worst movie I've seen this year. Easily, easily the worst. This is right there with the garbage we watched last year that we made fun of for the longest time. You watched it. Chosen, the chosen. Yes, it's that. It is, it's that level. Um, the, the, I don't feel bad. I warned you off of it. I, I tried to can talk you out of it, but yeah. you just would, the horror guy would not be swayed. Nope. But, you know, it's one that you never know, but, um, okay, so the synopsis is, um, obnoxious, awful, awful, obnoxious 20-somethings or whatever, um, uh, trying to get drunk and late or whatever, and there's a backstory about a werewolf maybe, and the guy, Sees a murder, but he's the, uh, I'm already getting angry thinking about this. He, he straps a GoPro, he straps a camera to himself and it, he finds out that he's a, he's a werewolf. And then there's this mob guy who is, oh, just, just terrible. Um, that's abusive to his wife and then he's trying to figure out who did it and it goes on and on and on and on. And there was like a couple of, Actually, okay, there was a couple of somewhat okay practical effects, but I hated every single character in this. The way everything about this movie was atrocious, that to where it's like I can't even give props to the special effects. I, I, I would not wish this on anybody. <laughs> Having said that, I looked up online. I'm like, oh, I get some decent reviews, of course. Yeah, from. <laughs> Horror sites. Horrornews.org or whatever. Some nonsense. (laughs) Bloggydisgusting.com. But yeah. Uh, uh, It was, it was, that was a, that was hard to get through. Like I, it took me three times to get through the whole thing and I almost gave up to where it's like, you know, I can't finish this, but I'm like, no, I, I chose it. I picked my poison and now I, I'm slopping with the pigs. Just deal with it, dude. Let's see what you had else on there. Um, reasonable doubt and the angriest man in Brooklyn. Those were solid picks. I know. <laughs> All right. I was riding that wave of, of windmill thinking maybe, but um, uh, you know those are one in ten. I right? know. And I <laughs> was back to back. That I would was be, uh, amazing. I was hoping for something in this, but I I dare you to watch ten minutes of this and not want to. String up every single one of the actors in this movie. They're all just awful, awful. Absolutely not. So I'm good. There, okay. There you go. Officer Down with an E. Based on the graphic novel, a police officer who can't be stopped by death returns to the streets time and time again to fight crime. Starring Kim Coates, who I like quite a bit. And Tyler Ross, I've never heard of. Usual kind of setup for a cop movie. A young rookie comes in and he gets assigned some special detail of following this guy around who's kind of invincible and not invincible. He gets shot to crap, left and right, stabbed, mutilated, uh, in every possible form of violence, I guess. And then uh, 
team of like telekinetics somehow bring him back and heal his body. I don't know. It's the future and a kind of dystopic future, you know, where there's mutants in a way and some have special powers and some don't and some are animal head people and it's very it's okay, it's a bad movie. Okay. Let's get that right up front. It's bad. It's not good. But it's that weird kind of bad that you and I can tolerate for reviewing. Like Jonah Hex. Oh, or... okay. I, there, I saw a lot of Jonah Hex in this movie because I just rewatched that not long ago. And it's th- th- that weird editing with some metal music, generic kind of metal music. And then there's some kind of good metal music in it too. But a lot of that, it's shot like a music video. Didn't we discuss this? Yes. guy did. That, that's what it looks like. A bad slipknot music video with no slipknot. That's what it. Okay. You know, would, that would have helped. Uh, <laughs> what really made this a salvageable watch is that it was gory as all hell. I mean, in a, and it's supposed to be in a playful, fun way. It's not a horror movie by any stretch. I mean, it's limbs flying and brains splattered. And I mean, half of it might be CGI, but there's just blood flow like crazy. So that was kind of cool. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of bad filmmaking in this. I mean, it starts off with him going down on a lady and then a orgasm counter pops up in the corner and it's like, bing, 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 bing. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is... Yep, gotcha. What? Here's the best way that I can describe this. Oh, shit, I was going to make a note about this and I forgot. Was it kind of like Feast? Um, I'm not, that reminds me of no, a bit of Feast. No, 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 no. Um... Damn it. I was going to have this comparison all ready to go and I completely forgot about it. What are the, the Jason Statham movies where that are crazy? Oh, 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 um, uh, yeah, the video gamey type feeling. The, the Neldevine and Taylor movies. Yeah, yes. Oh man, now I can't remember. I love those movies. Oh, um, yeah, me too. Oh wow, now I can't. Even, uh, those are great movies, and the second one is too. Oh yeah, they both are. Amy Smart's in it. Oh, right now everybody's just screaming, screaming like their... it's this movie, you morons. Crank. Crank. There you go. Uh, Officer Down desperately wants to be a crank movie. Okay. And it is not a crank movie. It tries really hard to be one, but there is just some sort of magic in those crank movies that they this didn't quite achieve. Yeah. I will tell you that you might still want to give it a watch for being a bizarro, weird thing, but it is a bad movie at the end of the day. Okay. I didn't hate myself while watching it. I, it gets go- yeah. gorier as it goes. I hated myself watching Uncaged. Hated it. <laughs> and maybe me for putting it on there. Uh, nah, hey, it's, that's, I chose it. I, yep, that's the roulette, folks. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next round because we need to keep it moving tonight because we got a lot of movies to talk oh, about. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, up for you first is... Uh, new to Netflix, The Disappointments Room. Uh, oh, you bastard. I got up early this morning because I'm going to put The Disappointments Room on there and, yep, and beat, little, beat me to it. Little did you realize I was up at 5 a.m., so I had plenty of time to be scouring the de- depths of Netflix. Uh, mother and her young son release unimaginable horrors from the attic of their rural dream home. DJ Caruso directed that, and he... um. He also made Disturbia, which I actually liked. I am number four. Uh, Eagle, Eagle, Eye. Eagle Eye, Taking Life. So he's, a, you know, in my opinion, he makes pretty good movies. Kate Beckinsale's in it, so thumbs up there. So there's your 
I don't want to say a surefire hit, but that's probably going to be very, very watchable. Uh, I like DJ Cruz. I don't hate him as much as everybody else, but he has made some shitty movies, too. He's made some that I really like, like Eagle Eye, I think, is a really sweet flick. But Did you like I Am Number 4? I thought I Am Number 4 was really good. I thought it was underrated. You you watched that one after I yeah. told you about it. I've watched um, that a couple times I, now. I really want to watch that again. I've only watched it once in the theater by myself. That was a good movie. I liked that. Yeah, I need I need to pick that up on the cheap. I just haven't got around to it. Okay, next up here is your um, feel-bad documentary of the week, A Plastic Ocean. Uh, Plastic Ocean is basically about uh, trash in the ocean and its effects on the ocean and, and aquatic life. And I'm sh- I can't imagine that would not be... Maddening and interesting and probably very well made. Mm-hmm. And last is a movie called A Patch of Fog from 2015. Um, this might be your most out there one of the bunch. A security guard catches a famous writer slash television host shoplifting and blackmails him into becoming friends. Uh, so it sounds, it's a thriller. It sounds like one of those uncomfortable, uh, you know, this guy, this the security guard, I'm guessing, is probably this weirdo, creepy guy. And anyway, so yep. there you go. Okie dokie. And for you, we have The 7-5. A uh, riveting film examines the case of Mike Dowd, a corrupt Brooklyn cop who became dirtier than the drug dealers he was supposed to be policing. Sounds cool. Frat star. A freshman uninterested in joining a fraternity is convinced to pledge by a rich roommate who introduces him to a world darker than he ever dreamed. This looks like a dark comedy uh, lots of drugs and nudity and frat, fratty frat things. So yes. maybe that's something. And lastly, this has been on the roulette several times, I believe. Ava's Possessions is another one of those. Looks not bad. A young woman yeah. joins a support group for survivors of demonic possession to help her recover from a recent exorcism and expose her oppressed memories. This might have a dash of comedy in it as well. I'm not sure. But uh, it definitely looks not dodgy like the uncaged yeah. you know you can smell uh, that might be one of yeah. those netflix cheapies it doesn't look like that so there you go i think it's three fairly yeah. safe picks i think you're not going to yeah. come away hating yourself after watching those maybe i think actually all six of these seem like were pretty good patch of fog that's probably your your trickiest one of the bunch but even that sounds like it could be interesting i agree you're up first what do you want Okay, um, I am going to pick uh, that the depressing documentary. Uh, I'm going to hold off on that one. The frat, I don't, Friday I frat. What are you talking about? Oh, the first one. Uh, I don't. The, is that a documentary? I don't think that's a documentary. Oh, it isn't. I it didn't uh. say it was a documentary. It just said riveting film. Oh, okay. Anyway, I thought it was a okay. Well, either way, <laughs> regardless. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to the. You know, I'm you know me and exorcist type stuff. I'm like, yeah. So I'll go with uh, the possessiony thing. Just right back on the horse. Just cage, oh, cage him yes. right up. It's yep. I, maybe you I should have bought it. you a leather gift for the three year anniversary because yes. you yeah. really are. Bring out the gimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sleeping. Yeah. Wake him up. <laughs> Wake him up. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. All right, next week. Oh, oh I'm going to take the disappointment rooms. Obviously, I, I mm. it that is the really it is a very roulette pick because the trailer. Uh, but I kind of like DJ. I'm okay with him, so I'm going to give that one a shot. And Kate Beckinsale. I I don't think that she takes you know she's not uh, did oh, you take s- anything for did paycheck. You see that Antarctica movie. 
Because that was a piece of shit. Oh, I never saw that one. I did. Mm. Anyway. We'll Good. Give it- well, hopefully... Well, you're, you're, you gave... Like, what would you give your movie tonight? The roulette? Like, what would you, your score? You know what mine is for my garbage. Officer Down, I would probably give a... I mean, I'd probably give it a 5.5 out of 10, and I'd feel bad even giving it that. That, But that, on on my scale, in my mind, a 5.5 is worth one watch. Yes. Yep. That's it. Yeah. But I didn't didn't hate it. It was hard to describe. It got better as it went. It was bad, but there was a lot of gore and whatever. Well, this, uh, in my movie, officially that sits at, right now, that is the movie to beat for worst roulette of the year. That will be hard to beat. Having said that, I will probably, probably somehow uh, have something this year that tops that. I don't know. I think I usually am the one that gets the shaft. <laughs> I had the chosen. I had the what was the one? Before? Oh, the the girl in the house with ghosts. Oh, you had, and this year you had nymphoid barbarian. Yeah, and... but that was that wasn't that wasn't like that other. What was that other one with the the girl and the ghosts? And the maybe time travel thing. God, I hate that year? movie. No, I think it was two years ago. Oh, yes. I know which the, one you're talking about. It was about. another The Something. Yes. Uh, yep. I, I know which one oh, I'm talking about. And I don't know the name I of it. because I saw it flash I, by yeah. on Netflix like a week or two ago. And I was like double flipping off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I wish so bad you'd watch that movie. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on to the next segment. This one was your idea, and in the spirit, I thought it made a good connection for three-year anniversary show, but in the conne- in the spirit of that, uh, we're old, and we've been around for a while, so you thought, why not, uh, let's go every year from the year of our birth and pick our favorite movie from that year, and just chit-chat about that, and this is probably going to be a three, at least three-segment bit, uh, a three-episode segment bit. But we're going to kick it off tonight, and since you're a little older than me, I figure you go first, and when you get to 79, stop, and I'll take over. And then, okay. then we'll just go back and forth by year. Yeah. I'm, Perfect. I'm forgetting. How much older are these? Three, four, four years, five? Well, well, my first movie is from 1957, so... I oh, mean, we... okay. Well, kick it <laughs> off, Grandpa. I guess the first two episodes are just going to be you by yourself. And... <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> that was my old person voice. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, go in the, uh, that'll go in the beginning. <laughs> um, so, 1974 is the year of Eugene's birth, and... What I love is that, like, the year of my birth is my one, two, I think it is actually ended up being my, on my all-time, 100 best movies of all time, it's my, it sits at number five. No, nice. All-time best. And which, uh, there's actually, I will say this right now, and I'm sure it's going to be this way for you as well, there's going to be a lot of your top 100 movies of all time. Well, yeah, obviously, and I'll tell you too, uh, my list, not exciting. Just be oh, okay. prepared. It's, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, holy crap, I can't believe you picked that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's cool, it'll be cool, though, to, I think it'll be cool kind of a down memory lane type of thing. I agree, I but guess. the 80s, yeah. you and I agree. So it's not going to get real interesting until we get to, like, 2000 or something. Then it's going to get yes. weird. That's what I, yes, that, I know. That, that'll be more fun. But everything, yeah. this stuff in the 80s, like, especially 82 through 84... 
I think everybody on Earth would have one of like three yes, picks for I, those years. Yep. <laughs> anyway, seventy four. Well, seventy four for me. Um, and now I will. Uh, I will say this right up front is I actually for all of these, uh, other than year nineteen seventy six, I actually it was so hard for some of these that I actually have. Best and then a runner-up. I have some best and runner-ups. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. Like, I I feel guilty not mentioning the other the other one as well. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do a runner-up. Me too. I so, did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so starting in '74 is Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, one of the very best horror movies, very best movies of all time in my opinion, and a runner-up. And this is actually making its first appearance ever in a best of. And it's mainly due for uh, my Scream Factory Blu-ray release viewing this year. For some reason, I've watched this movie several times throughout the years. And for some reason, this most recent viewing, it re- I really got it and it really creeped me out. And that is uh, Bob Clark's Black Christmas, the original. Uh, and I think it was just the, the way it was remastered and the sound and the, the score. It really, really creeped me out this time uh, a lot. And I'm like, you know what? For 1974, that's going to be my runner-up. I haven't seen that one because you you kind of shrugged at it, so I haven't. I know, and and I don't know why. Just watching it this time, I'm like, you know what? That is a really creepy, unnerving, good movie, especially because it predates the slasher movie by, you know, a good four or five years before Halloween came out. And so anyway, so there's my runner-up, Black Christmas. Okay, um, and when it when we get into the holiday season, you're going to be borrowing that Blu-ray. I want you to check that one out. Uh, October. Hit me up in October. October. Okay. Okay. Uh, number... Well, 75. Number 75 is Jaws, of course. The original uh, summer blockbuster. And the runner-up here is... Now, it just got a little bit tricky because some of these movies were made a certain year and then they were released on a certain year. And so this one here, I just went by when it was released. And um, in the, the states here, and the runner-up is the Wicker Man. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so the runner-up is Wicker Man, 1976, and this is weird. This year, I'm like, I'm not finding much in 1976 that I was like, wow, yes, that that's right up there. But there is one, and that is uh, the Omen. Oh, the first Omen. Nice. Yeah. Good flick. It's all for you, yes. Damien. It's all for yeah. you. Oh, it, uh, much like Black Christmas, it has that very eerie 70s, uh, uncomfortable feel going on. Uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is completely its own beast, but Black Christmas, I would almost compare that a little bit to The Omen in that gothic, it, very gothic 70s feel. I loved mm-hmm. it. I agree. Um, okay, let's move away from horror, and 1977 brings us to. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep. One of the very best science fiction movies ever made all the way up to today. I, uh, every time I watch this movie, I think, you know, this could be released today and like, it starts off set in 1977 and I would be like, this feels like a brand new movie. That the special effects still hold up. Still one of my favorite scenes in that movie and I've said it before on the show. That, uh, battle battleship in the middle of the desert oh i love that scene you're like how did they do that i don't know what i mean a miniature i'm sure but every time i (laughs) see that i'm like that's when the movie 
just retched its hooks right in me. And I was like, oh, man, oh, ho, 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 I'm in. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what the yep. hell is going on, but I am in. <laughs> yep. So good. Um, and it's it, it has such an epic feel to it. I mean, it's a longer movie, but it feels so epic for some reason. Um, anyway. Almost like Close this means something. Means something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the scene where he does the mashed potato thing, um, and well, yeah, the, the, this means something scene where his son is sitting beside him, just staring at him, and then the tear rolls down the kid's face. I'm like, oh, that's just heart wrenching for some reason because it's so well acted and it's such such a great movie. It is. I, I love the scene where um, he's just shoveling shrubberies right through the window. Oh <laughs> man! And wife in the nightgown screaming at him and the, oh. tearing down the neighbor's chicken fence. And... Yep. So good. I, I, you know, anybody out there that has the uh, Blu-ray or even the the uh, the DVD of it, check out the uh, the one version of it that came out in a, a couple of years later. There is that extra scene that they did to re-release in theaters, to where we actually see what he sees in the spaceship at the end. Huh? Uh, Richard Richard Dreyfus. I knew this. Oh yeah, they they uh, they spent an extra one or two million dollars on the. Uh, they re-released it in the theaters in 1980, and after he takes off in the ship, we see what he sees, or maybe not when he takes off, but when he goes in the ship, we see what he sees, and it's all these crazy special effects, and it's it's amazing. I see why I think that it it doesn't quite work, but watching the special effects, are it's impressive. You never saw that? I don't know that I have. I'm going to have to oh, wow. hit YouTube up and check that out. I, yeah. I'm, I'm still rocking the... Oh, I don't even know what the year twenty fifth or thirtieth anniversary uh, DVD set. I don't. I don't have it on Blu ray. Mm. It looks great on Blu ray. I'm sure that it does. Uh, okay, seventy eight. Well, anyway, uh, oh, okay, and then uh, runner up is uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. Mm. Um, and I, I needed to get this. These are kind of the. This is kind of the golden era for Dario Argento, and I'm like, I I got to get something from him in here. And Suspiria is. Uh, one of two of his masterpieces. So I'm like, this is a nice place to put some Dario Argento. Yep. Okay, 1978. This was another really hard year for me. Uh, things start to improve drastically on 79, but 78. That's right. I was born. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome, planet Earth. You're welcome. <laughs> As the 2001 music cues right now. Star baby is born in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Suspenders and a bowl cut. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't Amish, asshole. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And we're only at 1030. Yep, yep. We've got an hour of this left. (laughs) Yep. 78. Hang on, folks. Uh, I put put Halloween, and I'm like, "Ah, I guess Halloween. I love it. But it's, it's so not one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, but I think... What it did for the American slasher movie, uh, I give it such high props. The runner-up, and I would probably rewatch the runner-up more than uh, Halloween, but I I probably watch Halloween more, and that is uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh yeah, so it's uh, it's a classic of seventies Tom Savini gore uh, weirdness. Everybody knows Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Come on, yep. Um, yep. Okay. So, okay. That brings us up to 79, where finally, after Eugene watching all of these movies, I am spat out into the ether, and <laughs> I'm able to peep them out 
with my own two brand new eyes. Um, 1979. Rough year. Rough year to try and pick a movie. And what it came down to me for, I was down to like three or four, but what it came down to me finally was I can pick a alien movie I like better, and there are other things out there that had better sequels, maybe. I'm going to go with the most original, unique vision that I consider a masterpiece, and that is Apocalypse Now. Mm, wow, that threw me for a loop. That's, I did not I, think you were going to take I that. I know, but I got to pick one, and yeah. you know what? That movie is a damn masterpiece, and I think it's in, I don't have the list pulled up, but I think it's in my top ten, I want to say, on my top 100. I mean, it's I kind of remember it's that, yeah. high up there, and it is a masterpiece. I need to watch that movie again. It's so damn good. I love it. I still haven't watched the uh, extended, the, the redo, whatever. It's a marathon, but it's it's worth it. It's one of those movies that's totally worth it, in my opinion. And Excellent. it's not just a couple of minutes. It's like 40 minutes longer, and that movie was already long. Yes, it was. Not a lot of people like the redo, Redux, but I, I do. I, I think it added some dark layers to an already dark film. Yes. Also extended the time before you get to Brando, so when you get there, you really feel, feel like you went on a journey. So by the time you get to that part of the movie where it shifts into, like, its third genre of movie. <laughs> yeah. It, wow. What a, what a journey, man. What a frickin' journey. Fantastic film. 79 for you. Uh, so, okay. Um, this one here, my runner-ups, I actually have, f- <laughs> I have four runner-ups for this one, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I have to. I'm not surprised. Because each- I looked at him and yeah. I was like, Eugene's gonna yell at me for that not being my number one. And yeah. maybe it should be, but this is the game that you came up with, uh, and now I've got to play, yep. so. <laughs> yep. And, and I was actually angry looking at the other ones. I'm like, uh, each one of these should be the best of the year, but I actually had to go with Star Trek, the motion picture. I as, assumed you would. Yep. Um, runner-ups are Lucio Fulci's Zombie, The Black Hole, and Ridley Scott's Alien, and in a uh, complete curveball, Moonraker, which is one of the Best James Bond movies ever. I love Moonraker. And you notice how, like, Star Wars kind of started that, that ball rolling with, and, and Close Encounters. And then it was like, oh, we all have to now release big budget sci-fi. Hence, Star Trek, Black Hole, and Moonraker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> so, Star Trek. I'm wearing, you're wearing a Star Trek shirt? I'm wearing a Star yes, Wars shirt. I'm wearing a Star Wars yeah. <laughs> yeah, pick their side. So, yep. the, of all of the great things that were created in 1979, I came first. Okay. Uh, 1980. Keeping up with this tradition, obviously I'm going to go with Empire Strikes Back. I There were other great films that came out in 80, and what was it? Was that The Shining Year? Yeah. Fantastic film. I love it. It's a masterpiece. But which one am I... I when Empire Strikes Back is over, I could just rewind the VHS and start it over again. And with The Shining, yeah. it's like, that was a masterpiece. That was amazing. I'm good. I don't need to watch it. I can't wait till next winter. Yeah, I'll I watch, it, watch it next week. Even yeah. a week or two. I, I would give it time. Yeah. But Empire Strikes Back? Hit play, bitch. <laughs> too, way too many classic scenes and classic moments and the yeah. Hoth battle, the Vader battle, the uh, on and on and on and on. Yep. Still my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. And what was 1980 for you? 
1980 for me is The Shining, of course, nah. which is my number one favorite movie of all time. That's all right. Yep. Um, and then runner-up is, uh, is of course, uh, Empire Strikes Back and um, Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th, which right. is... In my in my opinion, that is a at this point a slice up slice. There you go uh, of Americana. It <laughs> just <laughs> is like yeah. Everybody knows Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, it I think holds up better than ninety to ninety five percent of the other slasher movies, just because it's uh, it feels it has a unique feel to it, almost a documentary type feel. And, wa- and next time you watch it, whenever you watch it again, watch it with the mindset of um, it. It's something about it just feels almost documentary-ish, and I can't believe I'm even saying that, or found, not found footage-ish, but just the way the camera is, like, peering through the trees every now and then. We don't see the killer until the very end, and it's not Jason. It's... Holy spoiler, dude. Come I on. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> As mass, you know, just mass exodus from the show. Like, you just They're spoiled like, Friday the 13th. That's it. We're done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. And Kevin Bacon, Arrow Through the Neck, done. That's That seals the deal. I'm, I'm in. Well, and I came to it way later in life, and what I was amazed by is that it felt so original, which is, yeah. for a slasher movie, very... It's very different feeling to watch it and be like, this feels different because it was not the first one, maybe, necessarily, but it feels like it was. Or, you know, it, this yeah. was obviously not something that had become cliche yet. No, it hadn't. And everybody says that the original Halloween is so scary and so creepy. I tell you what, I am more creeped out by the first Friday the 13th movie than I am Halloween. I agree. For some reason, it's just, it's just the, the music, the score, and that, you know, once it starts storming outside when it's, when they're in their cabins, whatever, it's genuinely creepy. Um, and just, and, and unlike Halloween, the kills in this thing are from Tom Savini and the, Gore back in that in those days it was like this is very graphic startling gore. So yeah, anyway, that's the yeah, spoiler yeah. of that movie. The killer was Tom Savini. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <laughs> okay, 1981. For me this uh, again this the, the 80s are such a golden time. Maybe it was oh, just for are. us because we were through them. Will people ever look back and feel the same way about these movies, like younger generations? Who knows? Probably not, because you and I, I aren't sitting around watching 50s movies and, you know, falling all over ourselves uh, in, about them. But uh, yeah, we're maybe we're different. Maybe that's just the way it is for everybody. Your favorite music was what you listened to in middle school, and it will be forever. Yes. Same way here. But for me, it, uh, one movie stood out. And I was like, nope, that's me. And that would be Mad Max Two. Excellent choice. I could. I, I had to stop there. There were there were a couple of runner ups, and I was like, eh. I haven't even got to any runner ups yet. There were. I, I haven't got to where I felt bad and had to write down something with the pen. There were other options there. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. This is my pick. I'm going to go with it. So Mad Max Two. Excellent. Okay, for me, it is. This was easy for me, and th- th- now we are into the true. Uh, golden age of the slasher movie but but as and as many great slasher movies as there were i actually had to go with lucio fulci's masterpiece the beyond oh nice uh which is a nightmare caught on film i've said it before and i'll say it again it is a nightmare on film i love this movie runner-up but a close second is uh an american werewolf in london which still holds up to this day as uh the best werewolf movie ever made 
Yep, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the Howling, but I, an American Werewolf is better. Bad Moon is better than Bad Moon. It's better than I, there's no there's no other werewolf movie I can think of that that tops I mean, uh, Werewolf in Dog London. Soldiers, but that works better. Oh, as, Dog Soldiers as is a update, sequel yeah. to American Werewolf. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So right. there you right. go. Uh, eighty two, eighty two. See, eighty two <laughs> and eighty four. I think in my mind were the hardest to just definitively nail one down. But I absolutely had to go with Blade Runner for 1982. And this is the first one where I got a runner-up, as I felt really bad, because I think this movie actually gets a higher score than Blade Runner. <laughs> but I can't help it. It's fucking Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. Conan the Barbarian. That would be my runner-up. Excellent. Amazing. Freaking amazing I... movie. I love that thing so much. Do you think that we're going to have any uh, crossover where we both agree on? Oh yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I think that I think that 1986 is going to be the same movie. We'll see. Oh, it's going to be. So 87 <laughs> might be yep. too. Uh, uh, 84, uh, 84 is going to be the okay. same movie. Yes, I I would guess that too. Um, okay, so 1982 for me, um, Conan the Barbarian was actually the runner up, and now I actually feel really right there. <laughs> well, that was yeah. I actually feel. Really shitty not having Blade Runner in there because I the last time I watched Blade Runner I think I texted you and like why is this not like one of my favorite movies of all time like the last time I watched it for some reason I've watched this movie numerous times but the last time I'm like um this movie is fantastic it was because we had well, done that our was, Ridley Scott breakdown and I had put it yes like, that's why super yep. high and you had put it at super low and I was like what is yep. wrong with you <laughs> and then I rewatched it, I'm like okay I get it now I get it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, what's but your the, pick? The best movie of 1982 for me is John Carpenter's The Thing. I knew it. Yeah, I knew that was going to yep. I can't not, you know, that's, that is, uh, I, I would, I would watch The Thing over Blade Runner, over Conan, and, and my, uh, honorable mention was, uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae, but Tenebrae is, it, that's, it's a weird oddity type thing, and I get it. It's, I'm weird. I like horror stuff from Italy. It's not the greatest movie, but I love it. Uh, but The Thing and Conan are the best movies of 82 for me. I can't argue with that. Uh, okay. 1983. I have Return of the Jedi. And I was surprised that I put that up there, but, you know, a bit of a thin year, and I'm the Star Wars dork. And, sorry, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I watched those movies yeah. dozens of times, and they shaped my childhood, in a manner of speaking. So I'm not going to feel bad about having Return of the Jedi on there. And I gave a nice little honorable mention shout-out to Space Hunter. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. I watched that movie at a young age and was like, this yeah. is the shit. <laughs> yep. And I have a copy on VHS around here somewhere, desperately waiting Space on my Hunter. Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent. Get on your niche companies i want my space hunter on blu-ray that should have been released yeah i wonder if it has been maybe find out for me because that there's one that oh i want you upgrade that one i want that bitch on my shelf yeah i I think that ice pirates has maybe and that's a shame because that movie's a piece of shit (laughs) says the guy with the dvd on his shelf (laughs) but it is a piece of crap Space Hunter yeah. rules. Molly Ringwald, Michael Ironside, some guy that they tried to make into an A-lister hero, can't carry a movie by himself. Um, 
Yeah. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I, I, I know I haven't. You haven't. And you need to. You yeah. totally need to. It's Mad Max in space. Was it trying to kind of ape the uh, Star Wars movies? No. Was that it's Mad of... Max in space. Okay. And I think so... the full title is Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D or something. Awesome. That's awesome. But it's good. It's a good movie. I like it. It's crazy. Okay. Michael Ironside's like a half cyborg robot mounted dude. He's he's it's loony. Perfect. You'd love it. We'll get into some Michael Ironside later here. Uh, you'll see. Oh really? Uh, okay. On my list. Um, oh oh my bad. Mine. Yeah, we will. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> eighty three. Uh, Nineteen eighty three for me was The Evil Dead, and I I know this movie was made before eighty three, but it was released in nineteen eighty three. And, um, that is literally like when I think of, uh, home movie VHS, uh, shaping, uh, along with The Shining shaping my outlook of horror movies and cinema in general, Evil Dead is right there with The Shining as a movie that I, I bought it on VHS. I, I secretly bought it on VHS because I was pretty young and I, did it under behind my mom and dad's back, and then I watched that VHS until the tape wore out. So, Evil Dead. I, cons- and runner- I considered the Evil Dead, but I said, you know what? Okay. Return of the Jedi more shaped my viewing, and that's another one where it can be over and hit play again, and you're yeah. wrong, Emperor. You failed. Um, I can't, <laughs> I love Luke Skywalker, I love that shit, I can't help it, but it's a great movie. And I still yeah. have my special edition Anchor Bay VHS with the booklet. And I will never get rid of it. Of of the oh, evil wow. dead. That's that's. Oh, okay. The, yep. That's you should hang on to that. That's that's. Cool. Uh, it's not going anywhere. It's serial numbered. Yeah. It's a like a clamshell case, hard plastic. Yep. Oh, I, you showed that oh, thing to me. I'm like, badass. that's that's cool. <laughs> yep. Um, and then runner up, I had to put down Sleepaway Camp because it is of all the slasher movies, Sleepaway Camp is. Not probably. It is the most bizarre of all of the slasher movies from the '80s. And it's great. Um, and that's that's one that I watch every year without fail. I watch Sleepaway Camp at least once a year. Um, and J.P. Simon's Pieces. Oh. That also gets a runner-up nomination. Um, I, I am mildly I, surprised that Evil Dead beat out Pieces. Yeah, it did. I, I think it's because of when I watched it. And I, I actually probably enjoy Pieces more now than Evil Dead. But I have such a history with Evil Dead that I could not justify putting pieces in front of it but pieces is a that is a rite of passage for slasher fans if you don't like pieces give me a break move on (laughs) what does that even mean move on quit watching slasher movies stupid yes yes (laughs) that's my elitist stance right now is if you don't like pieces then you're yeah you can't be a true blue Slasher fan. Well, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, everybody on the internet was looking for that one podcaster who's going to die on the Pieces Mountain while you found him. <laughs> I, you found it here on Movie Freaks. Uh, and you know what? If you don't like Pieces, that's fine. But please <laughs> like Sleep... Not. Please like Sleep where he camp? <laughs> oh, I like how you're like, if you don't like this, move on. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dare you to, like, next time you watch Sleepaway Camp, just mainly pay attention to how much everybody swears. You don't have to sell the, me on it. I love yeah, that movie. Yeah. The, the, you, the listener out there, watch okay. the movie and the 
the, the amount of swearing in there is it's so funny how they swear because it's it's like really nasty for some reason and it's nasty yet funny and almost like I'm watching a comedy. Oh, except this is the worst thing I've ever seen all of a sudden. Yeah, and the pedo- pedophile <laughs> humor. If you're into that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the hardest part to get past is the first like 15 minutes where you're like oh what the so... shit am i watching yes the first 15 and the last 60 seconds oh, that's the best part of the movie yes okay uh, anyway. all right 1984 we shouldn't have no need to spend a lot of time on that number one temple of doom Bow. um you'll notice raiders didn't even get an honorable mention around here so sad yeah. so so sad so sad <laughs> Uh, but I'm giving an honorable mention here to Romancing the Stone. That movie is a 10 for me. I grew up on that movie. I adore that movie. And it was really hard not to put it there, but I just watched Temple of Doom. And it's so fresh in my mind. And the, when I looked it up on Google, the best movies of 84, it had that amazing poster that I that want. That I have hanging in my basement. Oh, it's <laughs> the best. He's just standing there kind of loosely holding that sword like, what next? Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love that poster. It's fantastic. It's minimalist awesome. Yes, yes. it is. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, Temple of Doom. And for Eugene. Well, it it was Temple of Doom until earlier today. I was kind of just like, okay, let's just make sure this is this is what I want it to be. I'm like, oh, wow. Silent Night, Deadly Night came out in 1984. Oh, shit. Well, Temple of and Doom like, doesn't have a chance. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I it's I, Temple of Doom is... One of my all-time favorite movies, but Silent Night, Deadly Night literally is, that's a part of my life, is Silent Night, Deadly Night. I have more history with that movie than any other movie ever, literally ever. There, Silent Night, Deadly Night is, I hate to say it's my life, it's not, but it's, it's, <laughs> it is! <laughs> a Killer Santa Claus is my life. Yeah, it, yeah, and just the, the amount of times I've watched it and like, the different people I've watched it with and the different experiences with that movie, it's it has to be number one. But a close second is Temple of Doom. And then there is a honorable mention for A Nightmare on Elm Street because uh, it's another one that I have a lot of history with. It's not as good as Silent Night and Temple, but it's still Wes Craven's best movie. Have we done Wes Craven on the director spotlight? Maybe we need to do no, that. No, but we should. We should, yeah. I haven't looked over his filmography enough to, to say that. Is it his best movie? I think it is, but I, I don't know. I have to look, look at that. Okay, 1985. For me, I absolutely could not uh, so pick curious. anything so else curious. other than Back to the Future. That movie has yeah. made my goal in life, bucket list, is to have a DeLorean. I have shopped them many times. I have not pulled the trigger. Uh, maybe one day, I don't know. But that, I, that movie was, what, how old, I was six when that movie came out. That was my childhood, was Marty McFly. Eventually we get to hoverboards, but the, the, <laughs> yeah. that movie is so amazing that that influenced my taste in cars. It influenced my taste in music mm-hmm. with yep. Chuck Berry. And pl- learning to play, wanting to play guitar later. And I, 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 I remember being like, I don't know. I was probably a little, I was probably like 10 or so rewatching it, but I was going, one day I am going to have a truck like that. And I just thought about this the other day. What truck is that in that movie? It's a Toyota pickup. 
What do I drive for work? A Toyota. Ah! <laughs> a badass, sporty-looking Toyota truck is my work truck right now. And that, I wish that it would I be in... Put- Two hundred thousand miles on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would be like gunmetal silver, and the doors would open up like like oh, going things like. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the shit, but flux capacitor in the back or whatever. You well, I got a blinky hit. light on top. If that means anything, <laughs> it's almost Just like a flux. Cue up capacitor. the Huey Lewis. Yeah, cue up the Huey Lewis, and there you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and runner up shout out to the Explorers, and I oh man, almost almost could have made my top because that movie influenced me hugely as well bigly hugely bigly yes man uh, this is nostalgia road right now because like it's now i'm like oh the explorers is such a great movie joe dante there you go that movie was such a big deal to me when i was a kid and it's kind of a dumb movie if you watch it now but well, especially the third act but the first two acts it's it's great it's i love it (laughs) but the first two acts were just that was my childhood. We ran off. We collected yeah. little bits of crap and tried to make little clubhousey things. Unfortunately yeah. for us, we didn't have a nerd with a, a Mac or a DOS 2.0 computer to make it fly from your <laughs> dreams or whatever <laughs> stupid shit that's going on in that movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but it still oh, is man. the stuff of 80s childhood wonderment. That's yes. that's what makes it so damn charming. And yep. River Phoenix. You know, and that one there, uh, every now and then my wife and I will watch that one, and that's one 80s movie that she really enjoys, because it's just something about it is just, it's funny, and it's the the effects still hold up, and it gets so bizarro wonky towards the end, it's a breeze watching it. Like, it's one of those where the whole way through you're happy. You're It's a good mood movie. Yeah, it's, it's a childhood thing, man. It really is. Yeah. Like, when people talk about, um, what is the name of that movie? The Goonies? Yes. For some reason, oh, they- in the 80s, the Goonies passed me by. But you gotta understand, internet people, back then, there wasn't no internet. Wasn't everybody talking about these things. You you picked up a star log or you talked to your one friend. Mm-hmm. That was how you found out about movies. Maybe yeah. you'd see a, a flyer in the paper or something. That was it. The Goonies passed me by until I was uh, in my 20s. And everybody's like, oh, amazing adventure, kids movie. I grew up on it. Don't you remember? No, I don't. I grew up on the Explorers. That was yeah. my kid '80s adventure yep. movie, right? You, same here, same here. I like, I like the Goonies, but I love the Explorers. Yeah, I, I, I get the Goonies. I understand it, but the way people talk about the Goonies is the way that I talk about the Explorers. Yeah, 1985 yep. for you. And by the way, we are stopping this bit at 11 o'clock, no matter where we are. Ah, damn it! I don't oh, want to do that either. But we have to keep on moving. Yeah, okay. Um, 1985 for me um, is, I ugh. I mean, I want to say Back to the Future so bad, but that's the runner-up. Uh, best movie of 1985 is Return of the Living Dead. Dan O'Bannon. I, I, that one there, I can, as much as I love Back to the Future, I can watch Return of the Living Dead and end credits, start it over from the beginning. Let's watch that thing again. It has, it, it is the perfect example of how to make much like an American Werewolf in London, a truly horrific horror comedy because it's it's comical, but it's it's scary and uncomfortable and uh, holds up to this day. In fact, to me, Return of the Living Dead is like a punk rock horror movie. I just think of it as that's the punk rock horror movie of the eighties. I don't Return disagree with anything you said, but this is where the five year difference in our age comes in because 
Yeah. Uh, now I got to do math. How old were you in 1985? I was 11. I, was... I didn't watch the movie until probably I was maybe the, I would guess 13 is when I saw the movie when it when it hit VHS. See, and I was six. So yeah. and you know how my parents were with horror. Yeah. My first horror movies were with you when I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> really. Evil Dead. Yeah. That was one of the first. First one yeah. was actually not Evil Dead. I had I had convinced my mom to let me watch one, and she said, "If you promise to turn it off if it gets gory," I said, "Yes." And then I ran it in the mouth of madness because I couldn't imagine this book coming to life or being trapped in a book, whatever this uh, oh, is wow. amazing. And then when the creatures were running and she's like, you promised to turn it off. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And <laughs> she left the room and was pissed off at me. And, and about two weeks later, I think maybe I went over to your house and watched evil dead. <laughs> yep. Well, Followed directly after by a blood sucking freaks that you left halfway through. You're like, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. That was, that was later, but yeah, that was Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Derail. Return of the Living Dead. I, I can't argue with Return of the Living Dead or anything that you said about it, because that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, we have to... I know it's it's hitting a lot, but we have to... Let's finish with okay. 1986, because this might be the first and only one that we actually are in total 100% agreement on. If we're not, shame on you. Oh, are you? <laughs> you know what? Screw it. We got time. Let's finish out through 88. Mm. Okay. Uh, 1986, obviously, is going to be Aliens for me. Aliens, yep. thank you. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> yep. Um, Nothing even comes close to that, by the way. Oh, fuck you, bitch. Highlander. <laughs> oh, I almost put that on, and then there's a, there's actually two runners-up before Highlander. That's <laughs> all right. I got Highlander as the number one runner-up, and the second runner-up is Flight of the Navigator, because Flight of the Navigator mm. was a big damn deal to me because in the 80s once again i'm dealing with a kid who's about who's my age who goes chasing into the woods for something whatever one night and randomly gets picked up by an alien and transported back in time and has Mm -hmm. everything that i wanted to happen to me didn't (laughs) no deloreans or time traveling aliens in my life just uh just uh just a bunch of 80s movies in this podcast (laughs) <laughs> yep. Uh, so, of course, Aliens is that's that's timeless almost at this point. Um, but my runner-ups uh, were Jason Lives, which is my <laughs> come on. <laughs> ah, it's Jason Lives. It's, Maybe, it's, but it's... that shouldn't be Highlander. There can be only uh, one dude. I know. <laughs> yeah, and his name is Jason no. Voorhees. <laughs> And he lives. <laughs> and he lives. Um, but actually, the runner, the true runner-up is Top Gun. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. It's Top Gun. Yeah, yeah I have to. And again, it's it's a part of my childhood. Yeah. I bring out the game. I'll yeah. I'll never. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time watching that movie with my mom and dad and sister in the theater, sold out show, sitting there and Tom Cruise and a horse start making out and I'm like, wait, I'm uncomfortable and kind of aroused. Oh, and it's just gay. So <laughs> gay. And I'm like, I want to be on that, on that sand court playing with these dudes. Yeah. Guys, can I take my shirt off too? Is it cool? <laughs> High five, oh, bro. High five. <laughs> Aviators and Michael Ironside. The end. Oh, there you A- go. 87. There you go. It comes full circle. 86. Um, 
That was 86. Yes. You said, okay. you said 87. Oh, I'm saying, and let's just move, oh, move on, on to 87. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 87, I think we'll have the same same pick and same runner-up, but maybe not. Uh, Predator is the pick because of how many times I watched it on that damn black-and-white 10-inch TV in my kitchen. And the runner-up will be RoboCop. I love RoboCop, but i got to give the edge to Predator just because it's Predator. And yeah. Dylan! CIA got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> it's, it's so great. Oh. It is a perfect film. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, actually, my favorite from 1987 is The Lost Boys. Joel oh, Schumacher. Oh, yeah. But runner-up is Predator, of course. Uh, runner-up is Predator. 87 was a great year, by the way. Prince of Darkness, Evil Dead 2. Yep. Um, but The Lost Boys, for rewatchability... Honestly, I would be, I'm not sure which one I would pick between The Lost Boys and Predator. Both of them are so incredibly rewatchable. Uh, but I guess The Lost, I watched The Lost Boys a lot more in the 80s and 90s than I did Predator. Having said that, my mom and dad took me to see Predator at a much too young age because it's Schwarzenegger, so it must be full of action. Little did they realize it's actually kind of a horror movie. So cheers for Eugene. <laughs> It was a double win. Perfect. Yes. Uh, that, so. That's great. But the first time I saw Lost Boys, I think, was on Laserdisc at your house. Mm. Yeah. Down in the, the basement problems. with that pool table, yep. that room. Yep. Yep. And I had probably watched Predator a dozen times at that point, at least. And that, yeah. But that was all edited TV version. <laughs> yep. Anyway. So, yeah. Edged Predator. Okay, lastly, this will wrap it up. 1988, okay. I'm glad we got to this year. I will give okay. you my runner-ups first. I'll be surprised if you can't pick out what is number one for me. But this is where it starts to get interesting from here on out, because it's not going to be so easy-peasy as uh, the 80s are for us. It's, oh, yeah. throw a dart and hit a great Spielberg movie. But the runner-ups for me in 88 would be Willow, uh, Grave of the Fireflies, and, of course, my number one movie of all time, Akira. Mm. I remember running that thing on VHS at the mom-and-pop store, being like, what is this? And watching it, and not really loving it, but also being blown away by, oh, it's a cartoon for adults? Is that okay? I don't know, this feels weird. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I've watched it a couple of times, like, I don't know why, but I kind of want to watch that again, and then watching it in, going, this is cool. Kind of, I think. But still not fully in love with it. Then I bought the special edition VHS. Then I uh, bought the DVD. Then I bought the Blu-ray. Finally, I love it. Fantastic yeah. movie. Finally, I'm old enough to understand it and get it. And accept. Didn't grow up with cable. Didn't get Toonami. Didn't understand that uh, quote-unquote Japanimation animation for adults existed. Now I get it. By the time I got it, yep, that movie kicks ass. I love it. If you haven't seen it yet, get on it. It's a great movie. Yeah. You know, I going back to 1987 real quick, um, I can't believe that none of us even mentioned Die Hard. That did come out in 1987, am I not mistaken? I'm surprised that you didn't at least mention Die Hard. I missed it. No. Well, would, doing research for this is, you know, you're breathing over things. I know. Would die, Where would Die Hard fit in there? I, I know that... Like, I would pick Predator over Die Hard, 
but I know that you really like Die Hard. I really like Die Hard, but that, that would probably be my number one runner-up, because Predator is an alien. It's a science it's science fiction, always yeah. wins. Can't help it. But Die Hard okay. would, would probably... Oh boy, but RoboCop sci-fi too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Die Hard's a fantastic action movie. It's a groundbreaker, but damn, it doesn't have no aliens in it. <laughs> yeah. W- would you say that RoboCop is your favorite uh, Paul Verhoeven movie? Ugh. Have we done him on Director Spotlight yet? I don't think so. No. Uh, Maybe we should backburner that one. Yeah. That could be a good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tune in next week, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> which which reminds me, I do need to watch Black Book at some point. Yes, you should. That's it's yes. it's a atypical Paul Verhoeven movie, but it is a very good film, and not one of those World War Two movies where you're like, oh, I want to kill myself. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Eighty eight. Okay, nineteen eighty eight for up. me leads us to the killer clowns from outer space. That is my favorite movie from nineteen eighty eight. I tried to find something else, but I'm like, it kept going back to that. As far as rewatchability, nothing, nothing that I, none of the other movies that I saw topped Killer Clowns. Uh, it's a yearly watch for me. And I think that it's, uh, for what it is, I know it's a cheesy late night sci-fi cheese fest, but it works so well and the effects are so good. And I like that the Chiodo brothers are still doing stuff in Hollywood. They're still, known guys that are doing cool effects and stop motion and just anyway i i think it's funny and i love it i love killer clowns from outer space i remember watching that thing it was i want to say it was broadcast on tv at some point because I, i think that's how i saw it and i would just will never forget the clown riding on the little moped and coming up to the biker gang and punching that guy's head off like that that altered me for life (laughs) <laughs> I had seen it, I want to say at that point, 88. Yep. When, when, no, it came out two years later. Yeah. Two or three years later. So I guess I saw that before it. Well, that, but then again, who knows when they rebroadcast it on TV? Damn. Yeah, I'm not sure. This was PG 13, so it wouldn't have been highly edited, but this was, this was a pretty violent PG 13 movie, but obviously played up for laughs. Yeah. But the world was so different back then. The shit you could get away with on TV and how they would rerun stuff. Every now and then, it it just it was it's so hard to nail down when you actually would have watched something because it's just because the release date doesn't mean anything. They could have replayed that yeah. thing a dozen times on yeah ABC NBC. I still remember you and me running into the stupid dial TV in our living room. Uh, our parents would be playing cards in the next room. What are you watching? What are you guys right? watching? What are you guys watching? Are you watching V? No. And we'd immediately change the, yeah. run up to the TV and change the dial over to, to what, to, what are you yeah. watching? Oh, it's not V, it's War of the Worlds? Uh, those uh, are the two things that we were trying to watch all the time that we kept getting yeah. busted that we're not yes. allowed to watch. Especially V. V yeah. was the main, like, how can we sneak V? And we would watch it, like, almost on silent. <laughs> yes. Oh, we would. Yes, we would. Oh, good times, kind of. No, it kind of was, were, because I can go back now and... I have all of V and War of the Worlds on DVD, and I can fully enjoy watching them now, even though they're complete cheese factories. Um, v holds up. If you haven't watched yeah. the miniseries or the, any of the show, V holds up. It's yeah. it's still creepy. 
In a, oh, and every episode there would be someone pulling half their face off and yeah. the lizard oh, eating great. eating mice. And yep, on the big throat thing. <laughs> oh, so awesome! That was great. Um, and, and by the way, the runner-up uh, here, I had an honorable mention is J.P. Simon makes his second appearance with slugs. Slugs. Yeah. Yep. So I feel kind of guilty putting that on there, but I these are movies that I watch every year, and I. Uh, Adore these movies, and so I couldn't help but I had to at least mention that. That's all right. I feel like we got the easy stuff out of the way, and from here on yes, out, it's going to be it's going to be weird. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that the closer we get to like our ages, the more like, um, oh, how do I say? It? Like, there's some cheesy stuff in here, but I think the closer we get to you know, 19, 2015 and sixteen, it's going to be more upscale. I mean, you know. maybe, but who knows what we're going to get into at that point. I, what's my, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we will see. Stay tuned, dear listener. Stay tuned. Yep. Okay. We need to get on to recently watched. We are late. Yeah. So we don't have a whole lot of time. I have two rounds. Okay. And I'll be done. So you get to go first. Two rounds. Ready? Okay. Split them up. Here we go. However you want, however many you want, but two rounds. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start off with just uh, saying that uh, go onto our Facebook page for a full review of this movie, but I did watch Trainspotting 2, and I'm happy to say that it is a great movie. Uh, Do I like it as much as the first one? Not yet, but I am really looking forward to watching them. Uh, The next viewing I'm going to have with Trainspotting 2 will be watching it back-to-back with the first one. Um, Danny Boyle does a great job of, of not uh, great job. I, I period. Wanna, you just period. Yeah, he just does a great job. Yes, and it's it, it, it's a sequel, but it, it's not one of those like oh, it's a cash grab. It's not that. Um, but read my full write up on our uh, Movie Freaks Facebook page, and uh, once you watch it, maybe we'll get into it a little bit more on the show. Mm, I can't wait. Give us a thumbs up though. Okay. Um. So I know I hinted last week about. And then the screaming stars. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that, shall we? Um, uh, you know, I was really looking forward to this. Um, and then I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and the screaming uh, started? And the screaming did start. Um, uh, and now the screaming starts. Uh, it's an Amicus movie. And Amicus is known for their anthology movies, which are pretty much all across the board, uh, really good to great. And they dabbled a little bit in feature-length movies. This is one of them. And I was on board for it. Uh, Peter Cushing's in it. It's that gothic England setting. Uh, and it starts out with a bang. Like, it's like, okay, here we go. And it's scary horror, horror, horror. And by the midway point, it starts to not make a whole lot of sense. And there's a ghost hand type thing that is killing people in a castle and then we get the backstory on to why when it's depressing and like not really gross but depressing to the point where I'm like ugh I'm starting to kind of tune out of this because I want like silly 70s British horror hammer style and this is kind of rapey-ish depressing yeah and it's just weird and it's like oh you're throwing in some nudity too which is okay but it's it's not pleasant it's that yeah you know uh, so anyway um but i was expecting this to be better than it was it's definitely worth a watch but um 
this is kind of the competition for for uh, Hammer, and Hammer still was the winner in the the Gothic British horror. Uh, it, it gotcha. This, this, yeah, it felt like they just tried a little too hard, and it got a little bit too. Not fun, yeah. I guess so. There's the not fun of, killing, uh, rapey killing. Not yeah, rapey. Yeah, it's just nah. Yeah. So that was that. Um, and then I also watched Purge Election Night. I bought this on Blu-ray for exactly two dollars and fifty cents, which is pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. I know where you stand on the first one. Did you ever watch the second one? I did not, but the, uh, it looked interesting. I just never. I, I was hoping it would like pop up on Netflix or something. I just you know, what am I going to okay. go out and buy it? No. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I've watched all three of them now and it's, it, I can't believe I'm seeing this and I'm probably, uh, in the minority here, but I actually think that, uh, the first one is the best because I, it, it was simple. It was a home invasion type thing. It made a lot of money. So they expanded the whole universe thing, which is fine. But in doing so, there's a lot more actors in the second one. And the acting was a lot more choppy, and it got to be more action-y than horror. I generally go for more horror. And then the third one is, is even more so. The third one, it, it, all of them are, are for, the, for the lower budgets, are pretty well made. But this one here, for the first time watching it, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm starting to feel like I am not the uh, demographic that that uh, Blumhouse is going for with these movies anymore. I, I'm starting to feel... I don't I was, know what demographic be... Blumhouse is going. I think they're going for oh, yeah. the uh, bloggy, disgusting crowd. That's what I think. Uh, seriously, yeah. Because I'm like... I hey, feel do you like cool. a little bit of blood splash? Maybe some CGI blood and the blood blood? Yes, and that's yes! Nothing. No story. But here you go. It uh, only costs it's... us $5 million. Yeah, it's 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 CGI blood splash, and it's like, I okay, I get it. You're hammering me over the head with the political undertones in this movie, and I'm... Very liberal, but it's to the point where I'm like, I get it, I get it. You guys hate conservatism and capitalism. I get that, but <laughs> damn, at, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, that's that's the whole point of the movie. Having said that, having said that, for a forgettable two dollar and fifty cent Blu-ray purchase, it, you could do a lot worse. There was some, it was mean spirited, whatever. But every time I'm like, I'm kind of getting into this. I would immediately be taken out by CGI bloodshed. Eh, eh, it was worth a watch. If you ever want to watch the whole series, I got them all on Blu-ray. They were all cheap. Uh, uh, you're not talking me into it, but I was most intrigued by Election or Election Night because that Which was, is the it seemed one. like they yeah. finally were cutting loose on their premise and running around the streets doing things and instead they were. of just yeah. and simply they, being yeah. in one house. They did, but it, I mean, seriously, it gets really heavy-handed with the politics in this. Mm. Uh, to the point where I'm like, come on, guys, just whatever. I'm getting enough of that in real life that I don't think I need to seek it out in my entertainment. Yeah, and that might be one of the reasons why I didn't like it as much is because I'm like, you're hammering me over the head with this and shit's already bad. And I, ugh. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Okay. Done. Okay, round one for me. Uh, this will be quick. But I started on Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm. The Return, the Netflix originally produced material of the revamped Mystery Science Theater show with Felicia Day and other people. Pat, Patton Oswald? Pat, Patton or... Oswald, yes. As son of TV's Frank, <laughs> as he insists on being called. But, um, 
<laughs> I've, I've only watched the first two episodes. I know most people out there in the interwebs by now have burned through like eight of them. And I'm like, yeah, they're full movies. I got to watch other stuff. I don't got to savor them. I don't watch yeah. Mystery Science Theater in 10 episode blocks. I mean, they're great, but yeah. I want to enjoy them. And really, you know, that's like a race to finish a steak. Just relax a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. You, you chew on it. Enjoy. Uh, yeah. So I watched Reptilicus and Cry Wilderness. I enjoyed both episodes. I enjoyed the new setup for the new show. I'm enjoying the new characters. I adore Felicia Day. She is so lovable. I just want to give her a hug. I just love <laughs> Felicia Day. I can't help it. Patton Oswald, great as always. Hilarious as TV's son of TV's Frank. Um, yep. How's the new guy? Is the, does the new guy compare with? Uh, he's okay. Mike and Joel. I'm only two episodes in, so I don't want to say anything yet. But he's okay. There's a new. There's new voices for both the robots. All the robots. Okay. The crow robot guy still sounds like the crow robot guy a little bit, or like an imitator of him. And the servo guy sounds completely different. But you know they're okay. They're funny. They're they're throwing things out there. I'm trying to be accepting and moving on. You know, you, you got people that are still like, Joel was the only one. Screw Mike. You know what? You got to move on. Yeah. And, uh, let other people take over the role and, 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 you know, play the part and make jokes. The only major, uh, not even a major complaint. The only complaint I can kind of put together here is it kind of feels like they're cramming too many jokes in there. Like, it's like, bam, 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 nonstop. And so it takes away uh, from a feeling a, a little more natural the way the old show felt. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels a little more programmed. But I'm I'm not going to hold that against them too much. It just, it's fun. I don't know. That's just. Yeah, I felt, especially I felt like the original. Yeah, with Joel was Joel Hodgson seemed to be the most leisurely, yeah, paced series, and then with Mike it was a little bit more. And I guess now with this one, probably more. Yeah, but I, I it's okay though. I'm not going to hate on it because of that. But I feel like, yeah. well, I thought about it, so I I'm mentioning it. Um, what else? Uh, I really love that they are referencing old episodes. Because at one point, oh, this nice. guy came out of the woodwork on Cry Wilderness, and he was like, Rose Dower. And I was like, oh, oh nice! I get Rose Dower! I get that reference. I wonder if they have beer on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best Mystery Science Theater episodes of all time. Yep. They, and, and they've dropped a few other references to other shows, that other episodes from the past that I'm like, I, I get that, I love it. That's, that's Has pod people... Uh, made an appearance? Any any jokes about pod people? No, but I'm only... I don't think so. Yeah. I think there was one for... Uh, which episode was it? <laughs> I can't remember what the movie was. Beef McMahon Slab. What, what, I think they were referencing that episode. Do you remember? Oh, wow. Something in space. I, oh, there's so many. Cheese um... McBrickhard. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? It was one in space where they were traveling through space, and the the guy was so ripped, and they kept making up names for him. That was <laughs> no, that's one that's worry. one of my like top ten mystery science theater. Oh, episodes. which one is that? Um, I want to say Prince, Prince of Space. It's not Prince of Space. Uh, Prince of Space would okay. be my top ten as well, but it's not Prince of Space. Okay, Bagok. Bagok. 
<laughs> I will dodge your weapons, even though I fear them not at all. Oh, <laughs> great episode. We need to do um, a segment that breaks down our top ten mystery science theater episodes. Yes, that would be – that's a good show for the future. Yes, it is. We're getting derailed. I want to get our recently watched out of the way. Okay, um, yes. I can't remember what, what the hell was the name of that. Cheese McMahon Slab was my favorite Oh, God, that episode. Remember, he, he's speeding along in the scooter cart, and he jumps out of it before it explodes. He goes, oh, pause. And then he jumps out of the cart, and then it explodes. Uh, I'm sure I watched it. I'm positive. It sounds familiar. I'm just not sure which one it is. I watched so many of those. It's one of the best mystery science. I'll look it up while you do your next set of re- reviews. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So next up for me is a Toby Hooper movie that I have not seen since the theater back in 1995. And, you know, the more I look at uh, his filmography, uh, the more I am impressed with this guy uh, up till things kind of start to... Actually, after this movie. After this movie, things kind of start to <laughs> fall... Sorry. Fall down. Space, but space I, mutiny. Yes, space mutiny. Dirk, yes. Dirk Hardpeck. <laughs> Oh, excellent. I'll, that movie is great. Uh, or that movie, big, that, that episode. Big McLarge huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Blast hard cheese. <laughs> oh, is, is that anywhere streaming? Because I would love to watch that episode again. <laughs> that's one of my, that seriously is in my top ten. I will, I... I Dirk Hardpeck. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, Toby Hooper. Okay, um, so this was, in my opinion, this is probably uh, his last truly enjoyable movie. He's done some other things. He did uh, Toolbox Murders in 04 that was watchable, um, and uh, two episodes of uh, Masters of Horror. One, uh, actually, scratch that. Both of them were not good. Uh, but <laughs> This movie here, upon uh, rereading the short story by Stephen King, I, I watched this movie again since the theater, and I actually really enjoyed it. And that is 1995's *The Mangler*. Uh, the the uh, the short story by Stephen King is in *Night Shift*, which I'm rereading right now. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I haven't watched *The Mangler*. I think since the theater, I should give that one a rewatch. And I did so, and I am I am happy to say, you know what? That movie is pretty darn good. It's a little bit overacted by Ted Levine and Robert Englund, but the story itself, the the movie, while expounding on what Stephen King wrote, is very similar to the King novella, uh, but it's gory, and uh, it, Ted Levine's overacting is actually pretty cool. Robert Englund's not so much. I'm like, I get it. You're Freddy Krueger. I get it. You uh, Calm down. Uh, but it's it's... Too long by about 15 minutes, but that that movie is maybe not a gem in the not maybe not a gem, but it's uh, it doesn't deserve the hate. I actually enjoyed it, especially because did it get a lot of hate? Oh uh, yeah, that movie got a lot of hate, and it's one of those things where right when you're starting to be like move on with it, there is a really disgusting scene with this huge mangler machine just devouring a person. So I. Can't I, I'm not for sure if I've seen it or I'm just remembering the trailer. I do know that I get confused with Graveyard Shift an awful lot. I love Graveyard. Graveyard Shift is a better movie, 
but they're actually they both have a very similar. <laughs> oh, you didn't, I love Grave Robber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a gem status then. If it, uh, uh, rats and pop cans and yeah, yeah I'm in. Okay. <laughs> sweaty bodies and early nineties. This is your I'm last honest. round, by the way. Okay, um, but it actually, it actually has a very similar feel to Graveyard Shift. It in that nineties era where most horror movies weren't that good, but this one here, and it might just be and the older Stephen case. King had a lot of his properties made. Yeah, he did, but this was one that uh, is worthy of a revisit. This is actually one I'm going to finish on this movie, by the way, uh, because I did a little bit of research on this one, and it bombed so hard that. Uh, since then, that's kind of the end of Toby Hooper. But uh, this one here, there is an uncut version supposedly floating around in the UK, I guess. And already the arted version is pretty graphic. And I guess there was an extra not quite minute of gore in the extended version. I'm like, man, this is for the 90s. This is pretty gory shit here. I, I'm thumbs up it, it it wants to be an 80s movie almost like it feels like let's be an 80s movie but it's well for all not. the faults of the 90s that we often bitch about uh, one thing they did have going was they did not give a shit about that r rating they were like no. go for it and make it more more cussing more nudity more hardcore uh violence and gore and, and what have you that is yeah. the only thing kind of good about the 90s yeah. <laughs> movies, uh, but they just usually failed on story? I guess. Yeah, yeah. But have you ever read, did you read Night Shift? You did, didn't you? I want to say I did. I want to say I've read, I've read, I've read. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 1128, here We're we go. There. <laughs> I've still got three movies to review. Um, yeah, I, I want to say I have, I feel like I've read most of the King stuff, because I, I was reading that stuff hardcore in, in high school. I, okay. I was on a big King kick back then. But as far as conjuring it up and remembering it now, I, I don't know. Maybe I did, maybe okay. I didn't. I have to look at my actual book collection to let you know. Okay. Well, regardless, it is a movie that, uh, while there's a lot of hate uh, heaped on it, I actually think that it is uh, it's a good 90s movie and probably the last really good Toby Hooper movie. So, I'm all done. Okay. Well, Throw it on my October stack. Perfect. And speaking of Eugene stacking leather things into my... Uh, oh boy, here we go. Here we yeah. go. This is round two of Eugene gives me things in his mailbox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's your title right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> good. <laughs> okay. It's really good. Let me get through this, damn it. Um... <laughs> Pull it together. Here we go. I got uh, three movies left. Four, technically, I guess, but three. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's not going to take long. Graduation Day is a slasher movie, one of those black glove slasher movies that I am fucking bored with. Um, ah! You keep giving to me, and I keep giving, I keep telling you no. Why? I, I don't give a shit. And it's not good, but okay. Yeah, but fencing, the killer's a fencer guy with a I mask. don't care. <laughs> it's one of those slasher movies where you don't find out who is the killer until the very end, and it was the guy you'd never expected because they, there was never any attention on them. So, yeah. oh, it was the janitor who was following you around from, huh, what? I don't care. <laughs> It had some okay kills, and it's fine. I get this genre. I understand it, but meh. 
I'm with go- the rock band. Oh, okay, <laughs> that went on forever. It was awful. Yep. Every time I watched it, I'm like, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I did start texting you about that. I was like, does this end? It, it, it's now a concert film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, Mad Men, Mad Man, Mad Man, not Mad Men. Yes, Mad Man. Uh, definite thumbs up over Graduation Day. This was oh. cool. Again, it falls into that slasher's genre, but it's interesting, and it's different, and it's not that black glove mystery. It's a mystery. Oh, I can't figure out who's yeah. doing it. Oh, but Christopher George is in it, so yay, I'm gonna jerk, oh, yes, I'm gonna oh, jerk off oh, in my mouth yeah. because he's in it. You, you just got props for bringing up Christopher George. Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. That's the only reason you <laughs> like it. <laughs> I know he was in pieces, you see. Yeah, therefore, pieces. lifetime pass. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Graduation day, not the worst slasher mystery I've ever seen, but mm, snore. Madman, uh, good. I liked that movie. That was definitely nice. better. That was very. It was interesting. There was interesting kills. It was an interesting story. It was amusing, and it's. It's. I would want. I. I I would say it's an 80s movie, but it had still some leftover 70s feel. Mm, yes, it did. Did you like the, the kind of downbeat ending? I Yeah, I guess. It's, it's okay. yeah, fairly forgettable, but uh, okay. <laughs> I assume the killer from the opening story campfire monologues. Oh, it's him. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And, whoa, whoa, can't imagine that, but it was him. Okay. Uh, Green Room. This would be my last <laughs> review of the night, but I have another movie to talk about. Okay. Green Room is from the guy that made Blue Ruin, correct? Mm-hmm. And he is in this movie. He was the yeah, he was the guy that set up the the whole thing. Uh, as depressing and dark and crazy as Blue Ruin was, I got to give that one the edge over Green Room. Um, just because wow, just because hmm. Green Room is, is so oppressively mean spirited, it was hard, kind of hard to enjoy. And I don't want that to, don't take away that as being like super negative on the movie. I'm going to give it props for being a very well-made movie and a very interesting and unique kind of storyline and everything. But it's just so fucking mean that it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to view it as entertainment. Am I going to run back to watch this movie again? Probably not anytime soon. Why would I? Who's watching this and going, fun times! Um... Yeah. yeah, not me. Yeah, um, so I guess I don't have a ton to say about it, but uh, I am still enjoying everything. Uh, how do I say this guy's name? Jeremy Solnier. 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 Sure, I you win. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will take your pronunciation. Okay. Uh, I enjoy your work. Keep going. Keep doing what you do, and I will keep watching. But Green Room, kind of a pass uh blue ruin i enjoyed more because i enjoyed the story more okay here it was again just so damn mean yeah and lastly you gave me a ray harryhausen um documentary yes that i reviewed on the show in 2013 or 2014 or something (laughs) It, oh, you did? It, yeah, it was on Netflix at one point, and I reviewed it. I'm oh, pretty sure okay, I reviewed okay. it on the show. So I did not rewatch that one, just because okay, I've gotcha. already watched it. I'm good. It's. Did you? Go ahead. It, oh, just going back to Green Room. Um, so 
did uh, did you like as far as acting goes? Like I thought that Imogen Poots and Anton Yelchin were so good in that. They were great, and it was great seeing yeah. them teamed up again because the last time they were together was in Fright Night. Fright Night, the remake. Yep. Great movie. So it was really cool seeing them again. It was a little bit depressing knowing that yeah. he's dead now. Yeah. I, I I kind of feel like it was a stretch to say that he would have survived the wounds he got in that first scene. I mean, I his agree. hand was dangling. Yeah, that was actually probably one of my, my biggest complaints is that you would lose so much blood. Even taping up your arm, I can't imagine that you would not die from those wounds. I agree. Or... I completely agree. That was probably my biggest complaint of the entire movie. Yeah. His wound was so massive that a whole yeah. night, I mean, by the end of the night, he's he's good to go again. I'm used to yeah. pain. It's yeah. all right. My wrist is dangling off of my nub, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, not so much, yeah. dude. I kind of think yeah. you'd have been dead like 95 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yep. you know, we got to file that stuff with movie magic and, you know, uh, by yeah. uh, disbelief and whatever. You know, I wonder if this if this director is really going to go for it. It seems like he's starting to kind of make a name for himself with that mean-spirited, oppre- not mean-spirited, but Oh, it's mean-spirited. Yeah, it it is. Oppressive type filmmaking. I wonder if if that's going to be his new thing, I guess. What new thing? It's his old thing. It's his everything. (laughs) (laughs) Both those movies are that way. Uh, I say keep it up. Keep going for it, man. But um, who knows? You know, uh, like him and Shane Carruth, the uh, primer. uh, Yes. I mean, these are are two of, in my opinion, in my mindset, two of the hottest young um, lowest budget, talented directors going right now, and yeah. who knows? It could go either way. They could start. They could get a Marvel gig next week, yeah. or they could Maybe. do these movies forever. Or they could. I would actually throw in there Robert uh, Eggers from The Witch, the director of The Witch. Uh, I think that has he done anything else? Is, um, he actually is on. Uh, on the hook for directing the Nosferatu remake. So with him, I'll wait till I see a sophomore effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause all he's done is, is a couple short stories and the witch. We'll see with yeah. these guys have at least two films under their belt. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. They, they could get snapped up by a Marvel or DC and make a, or a Jurassic park. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. They go on to make a humongous budget thing because that's what everybody, all the big budget people like to do right now is snap up these indie guys and p- probably pay them dirt. And but hey, yeah. here's a hundred million dollars. Make your movie. Uh, yeah, you want to do Star Wars? Well, you're yeah. There you go. Uh, Ryan Johnson has le- has made more. Yeah, than he's one legit. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will see. Uh, okay, yep. let's do coming soon and wrap this up. Okay. You're up first. Um, well, um, I'm looking forward to talking about a couple movies on next episode. One is Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Um, that was the two-pack of $2.50 movies that I got at uh, Family Video. Stay tuned for that review. And <laughs> for a Fred second, Omer- when you said two-pack, I was like, you totally mispronounced Tupac. No, because <laughs> no, you were like no, never no. stop popping, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> rappy. Um, and then um, Fred Olin Ray's classic cinema, 
thing, Evil Spawn. Stay tuned for that. That is the Trust weirdest two-pack ever. Yeah, yes. So, uh, and there's more uh, insanity. I'm hoping to watch Colossal at the theater I work at, and uh, I will talk about that a bit. Um, and then all sorts of horror goodness. Done. <laughs> Yeah. I like how you check out of the show, like, yeah, rest, I'm done. rest yeah. is you. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gear up, kitties. Um, start your engines and pull on your big bra pants, because I am rewatching Fast and Furious movies. And that is what is coming next episode. Fast and Furious, bro. It's family. Oh, wow. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Buckle up. Yeah, <laughs> family and yeah, yeah, that'll be good. That'll, that'll be interesting. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> even though even that one with the guy, the ghost. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. started at four. My my rewatching. Oh, started okay. At four. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that three. Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo drift. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Perfect. all the Tokyo parts. I just hate the Southern the, boy. Uh, yeah. I, all I remember is a Viper and then that shitty guy, but then cool drifting stuff. The end. That's all I remember. Yeah. And in the Viper was the kid from Tim's Tool Time. Was it? What? That, Are you that serious? That was one of the sons from that show. Oh, my goodness. They were driving through a junkyard, maybe? I don't or know. I, it was okay. god anyway. Yeah, that movie sucked. Yeah. I don't. That's the yeah. only one I don't own. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's the only one that I don't own. Really? Even the last one? Yeah. Because you haven't even seen the last one. Uh, the last one I have on Voodoo, but I have not watched it. I think you gave me the code or I got the code and I, I think I did give you the code yet. because my yeah. buddy gave me a code. So I was like, yeah, let's share it up. Yeah, we'll share it up because still... we're family. Yeah. Yo, know, perfect. And with that, movie freaks. See Yep. Good night. See you next week, buddy. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening. 